0: Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 359. Our guest today is an accomplished horsewoman and artist. She was introduced to horses at the age of seven, and from that day forward, they have been her sole purpose in life. She is passionate about all creative aspects of horses, training, performing, freestyles, and art. She is the only rider in the world that has created an entire painting from horseback, Her story is so cool, and what she has managed to do in the industry is so creative, deeming her the creative equestrian. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Sandra Bolio. Hi, Sandra. Hello. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Yeah, this is going to be so much fun. Yes, I love it. Well, first tell me how you got into horses to begin with.
1: Well, I was basically the typical uh young girl, seven years old, saw a horse for the first time and just you know went psycho crazy and wanted everything horses and played horses and had the briar models and oh yeah you know, took lessons like you know how you Fall in love. My parents had no idea that they, they'd never had horses or horse kids before. So you know, all the parents like that, they kind of think something's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: gosh, no, they're yeah. just in for for um, several years of financial torment and
1: <laughs> yeah, long <totally>. hours. <laughs> yeah. Seeing you run around, you know, hitting yourself with a, with a crop, you know, exactly. like playing horses and galloping through the woods.
0: They're like, what mm-hmm. is she doing? <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. My mom had this like display of like old Canes and umbrellas, and those were absolutely jumps like most days. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: so, yeah. Everything becomes to jump, and uh-huh. your dog becomes. Uh, he was my first horse. I trained him how to lunge and go over jumps. So <laughs> oh my gosh, that's
0: amazing. <laughs> well, you've had many horses through your lifetime. What have been some of your favorite horses that you've had, and what about them makes them so special?
1: Well, probably like my, my favorite horse, my heart horse was a Frisian that I had named Dow and he passed away. It's been three years now, but he, I had him for over 10 years and I had ridden hundreds of horses to that point, like learning how to train and show through Grand, Grand Prix dressage. And I was a very serious rider and in teaching and training. And when I found him, it was kind of like, after I'd gotten injured and, I didn't know if I wanted to compete anymore. I kind of wanted to quit altogether. And so I found him and I went on a totally different path of being more creative. I wanted to train him for movies. And so I learned how to train tricks, but he had his own idea about everything. He was very, um, he was very stoic and very um, hard to read. And so I was so excited to have a Frisian and I spent all this time with him. He really could care less. Like, He did not, like, he always looked grumpy. He didn't want to spend time with people. He was dangerous, well, considered dangerous when I bought him. Like, no one wanted him. And it took years to really, like, peel the layers back. And so he taught me so much. And everyone thought he was kind of dumb and had no talent. And he really couldn't do a whole lot. He was just, like, walk, trot, canter, maybe, like, wouldn't stop, wouldn't stay, you know, he was pretty kind of the typical, like, you know, walk truck canner Frisian that had learned how to drive. So he didn't know how to use his body very well. And so he was really difficult. And, um, uh, but after I started doing trick training and we finally learned like our own little language together, it, he was the smartest horse I'd ever experienced in my life. So wow. it was really, it was very cool because we just, we grew so much together and he made me think about things so differently. Every single thing I taught him. So I'm just, you know, he was, he was my special, my special boy. And, you know, I cried every day for a year after he died. (laughs) It was terrible. So, um, you know, just that special once in a lifetime horse, he was definitely the one. So that was Dow. (laughs) Wow.
0: That's so cool. I mean, obviously every horse is different, but what are some things that you've learned from building relationships and what do you feel like are the most important parts of developing relationships with horses
1: i think a lot of it is spending enough time with them to figure out their language and what they like to do and like every horse that i work with now it's kind of like i think of it as like it's kind of like a marriage you're like trying to figure out like okay these are my goals mm-hmm. but then this horse is also what is he really good at what is he like like my other horse that i have right now Ravondio is not a talented mover, but he can do high level dressage movements. He has a great mind and he's super comfortable to ride. He loves like, I tried working equitation and he was amazing at it. And I also do art on horseback and he's the only horse I've ever done that came up with this idea. And like I had him at the time, I could never have done it with my Friesian. So I did Liberty and trick training with him. And then with Ravondio, I did this art on horseback and performing and bit lists and just kind of bareback dressage like a lot of different kind of creative things because that was more suited for him and he prefers for me to tell him what to do and he loves performing whereas my other horse wanted he wanted his own opinion and liberty was better for him cuz he could make decisions with me so it's kind of like figuring out your horse's personality but it takes a long time like i've owned i've known Ravondio since he was born and he's 22 now and it's like you're always making Wow. you're, you're always improving your relationship. And I, I love it when people stick with a horse long enough to really uncover like what that is. But I do encourage people that like, you know, if you have particular goals, you do need the right kind of personality and the right kind of horse to accomplish, you know, if you have specific goals, otherwise you kind of need to like figure out how to compromise and create that special relationship. Cause horses don't like to be just, you know, put into a mold the same way as people, you know, so. that's kind of like it's just it's just time you know not all people have the luxury of time to spend Mm -hmm. with their horses but um that's what I like to do myself totally
0: you are known um from most people in the equestrian world as the creative equestrian how did that come to be tell me about like what makes you creative in the equestrian space
1: yeah I um I always was an artist you know when I fell in love with horses I was also doodling and drawing all the time so you know, I started riding when I was seven, it was like 20 years of of learning how to ride and dressage training. And then I was also basically training myself to be an artist the same amount of time, like parallel. So one day I kind of had this and I kind of had side businesses and I created like drawings and art. And I always kind of had that, uh, you know, with me and I had the idea to try to combine them together. And, I think I've just always had an entrepreneurial creative mind. I'm always looking for things that other people haven't done and try to figure them out. And it just kind of gives me something to, like, as a goal, instead of a competitive goal, I go more for artistic goals, like performance. I love performing with a theme and, like, the audience and telling a story, you know, so, so those kind of things are what I use my um, creative juices for. So I do a lot of musical freestyle and I wrote a book about it to help people kind of who aren't creative um, because it comes naturally to me. But, you know, everyone would ask me and I I would think certain things were so basic, but most people, they get stuck on those things. So Mm -hmm. that's why I try to help people kind of bridge that gap just a little bit. And it's not necessarily easy, you know, like to, to be trying to do things that, are unique, but I think it's, that that's the challenge that I, I love myself. So, um, that's kind of where, and I also do, you know, fantasy photo shoots and teaching my horse how to paint was just kind of like also a fun side challenge. And that kind of grew into a really cool, fun performance thing that I do with my horse now. And, um, you know, just, just, uh, that's where I kind of just have always done those things. And I drew, I I kind of gravitated towards them more and more as I got older, rather than competing, I get very stressed out competing. And I just, I was like, this isn't fun. So I don't mind competing, but it's just not my passion. So that's kind of where I just gravitated towards the fun stuff.
0: (laughs) That's so cool. And I think, and when people say you hear the term um, to like find your zone of genius. And I think that that's such a um, tried and true way to find that is when you are describing something that you love you know like to do in front of people and they just like are in awe that that's something that you do or something that comes so easily because it's it's hard to recognize that in yourself at first right because it's just come so naturally and it's just Mm -hmm. like oh this is something I like tried over time and this is just what I do and when you describe it and share it with you know people you know or even just the world or your your social media community and there's just this response of so many questions and just how unique and cool it is I think that that's really kind of how you find your place in the world and especially in the horse world that that is just super creative so I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think a lot of people, it, it's good for, you know, not everybody wants to perform or be out in front of an audience, some people that would scare them to death. So, you know, it's like, how can you then kind of take your own version of, you know, how do you like to connect with your horse It might not be by competing or performing it, it, it might be by doing therapy with horses or, or different things, you know, everyone kind of I think a lot of people sort of you kind of know uniquely know what which direction you gravitate towards, but a lot of people, it's, if it's not on the norm, you know, like I, I went the normal path. I competed. I got. I earned some my rider medals, and I'm like, okay, I became a judge, and I did like all the the normal stuff for dressage trainer. But it that definitely didn't like necessarily make me happy. But then going off on a side tangent and starting to add art and tricks and things like that, then you, you know, you kind of get sometimes a bad reputation. Oh, well, she's not a serious dressage trainer because she does tricks. It's like, well, no, actually this has really improved my dressage training a lot. Like, you know, people, you know, are sometimes a little nervous about experimenting and, and pulling things in to, you know, to improve kind of like cross training really. But I I definitely think that it it takes a lot of courage to kind of do your own thing, but then um, not everybody's going to obviously like, like doing the same thing yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> but I mean my my art on horseback though, it took even though I had the idea to combine them, it took me two years before I actually tried it. Like I was thinking about it and thinking about yeah. it, dreaming about it, preparing for it. And then I finally was like, I just gotta try it. And then it's changed so much in the past 10 years. I've been doing it for a long time, but I didn't really put myself out there because I was always nervous like, is this in my mind it wasn't good enough? And then also that kind of like you know, imposter syndrome a little bit of like, you know, even though I'm the only person that does it, I still thought like, well, I should be doing this and this and this, so it should be better. And, and it's not, you know, my horse isn't fancy enough or I'm not this, or I'm not that, you know, but then finally I got over myself and I'm like, you know, like, it's just, it's all for fun and it's all to inspire people and whether or not my horse can do fancy movements, it's still, it's still something enjoyable we do together and it inspires people to Work with horses that aren't super talented, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's the point, really, because not every horse is going to go Grand Prix, that's for sure.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's such a cool aspect to what you do. And I really, really want to hear about what you teach. And you have your own course called Teach Your Horse How to Paint, which Horses maybe aren't necessarily super well known for being particularly creative. So, how did you come up with this course? And how exactly does a horse learn to paint?
1: Yeah, well, I, I did a lot of trick training for quite a few years. And then um, I had a friend who taught her horse how to paint. And there's also, and that is a Ruin the Mustang. And then there's another horse called Metro. He's a thoroughbred and he was, his, his owner was an artist and taught him how to paint as well. So there's quite a few horses out there that you can find online that know how to paint. Um, and and I always found that kind of interesting because I'd already taught my horse a bunch of different tricks. And so I was like, well, I wonder if I could just kind of like combine them together. So basically teaching a horse how to paint, you're combining the how to touch something on command so touch training and then you have how to pick up an object which turns into of course holding the brush and then you have you teach them how to go how to say yes or almost like teaching them how to smile like lift on command and then you have to like there's a way of like sort of combining them together and that teaches the horse how to do a brush stroke with the paintbrush Um, and there's a lot of like other little things involved with it but that's the basics of it. And I've, I've taught about five horses, how to paint now. And it's, it, and now I've kind of got like a, a little system going and, you know, I haven't found a horse that, that I didn't, you know, wasn't able to teach, but I also, I kind of can tell by the horse's personality if they're going to like it. Like, you know, I don't think you could just teach maybe any horse how to do it, but it, it's definitely, it's a, it's a, a learnable trick and all the separate tricks are kind of fun. Cause you can use them for different things as well. So it's, it's a fun little thing, like to, you know, improve your relationship with your horse and like do something creative and, um, and then, you know, create something, create a cool painting um, and my horse, and now he, he really knows what he's doing. And so I don't really have to cue him. I can just hand him the brush and he'll just go by himself. Wow. So, you know, it, it's kind of cool because his brush strokes have changed and he's very expressive, And he his paintings are gorgeous. And he paints on a huge canvas. Now I can do like a four by five foot canvas on a nine foot easel. And he can fill that whole canvas. And, you know, I do different layers, different colors, and his brush strokes are just, he does these like curved lines, and they kind of look like horse heads sometimes. So it's so cool and he really enjoys it. Like he loves performing. We were at Prior Fest and he performed for the kids and then he signs autographs. Like they gave him things oh, and he would like, so cool. he would you know, put paint on them. And so, I mean, I think of a horse's personality, if they like to do it, it's, it's, it's really fun. Um, you know, and I've, I know a lot of other people that have tried it and, and love doing it. So, so I thought, you know, I have a lot of people ask about it and I thought, why not make a little online course so mm-hmm. people can try it themselves. And, and you know I'm happy to you know work problem solve through things and um I show people how to make the brushes and how to how to train each individual trick and then blend them together and it's just kind of fun I'm, I'm you know I'm, it's kind of new and I'm having fun with my first group of people in there and uh and I love it you know anything that makes you think more creatively and have fun and the horses love it so yeah. the horses enjoy it
0: Do you ever find yourself looking on Pinterest and just scrolling through all of the beautiful barns and tack rooms and like the perfect color coordinated organization? I definitely do that. My problem is I just don't have enough hours in the day. I mean, I can barely keep my house clean with how much time I'm spending at the barn or traveling to horse shows to keep my barn, you know, aesthetically pleasing and beautiful. That's what I would really love to do, i l- basically love to bring my Pinterest board to life. As many of us are heading down to Wellington to get ready for the winter season in the next couple months, I wanted to tell you about Leah Tenney Interiors. This is a residential and equestrian interior design and organization studio run by Leah Tenney and based in Wellington, Florida. She brings a unique blend of equestrian expertise and interior design flair to the table. She is really on a mission to bring excitement and order to your next home or your barn project. So give your barn or home a leg up that it needs, making your space work for you, your horses, and your lifestyle. So, ready to take the next step? Head to Interiors.com and mention the Equestrian Podcast and enjoy an exclusive 20% discount on all interior design and organization services. That's L E A H. T-E-N-N-E-Y interiors.com for 20% off services. If you head to com and tell her the equestrian podcast sent you. What do you look for? I mean, it's obviously a super fun thing for humans to do with their horses and Obviously, you're saying that the horses enjoy doing artistic things like this. What kind of like cues do you get from the horses that you sense that they're having a good time?
1: Well, they'll like my horse will like kind of nudge me like, hey, give me the brush. Give me the brush. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. He gets like a little like, um, <laughs> you know, a little uh, not antsy, but he, he's like, he's like, come on, come on. Let's, let's Yeah, we got it. We're ready. We're ready. And then when I'm done, like, I'm like, okay, the painting looks really good. He's like, he's still continuously picking up brushes and trying (laughs) to paint. So sometimes I have to have multiple canvases because he doesn't lose interest. He actually gets more interest. Sometimes he'll get tired and he's like, you know, we don't do it very long, but um, you know, you can always kind of tell how their energy is and he lights up when people are watching him and, and, you know, clapping for him or, or admiring him. And he just goes and goes and goes and goes. (laughs) So, so he definitely, um, I can tell when he likes it a lot. And, um, my other horse Dow was the first one I taught to paint and he was a very different, he would hold the brush and almost like, um, he would sort of flip the brush up and down really hard, so it became more like splatter painting. Mm. Um, he was more of a messy painter, and so we did totally different style together. And he just loved it. He was he was a real ham, um, and uh, I taught him how to paint because he was. I used to perform a lot with him, but he he got ringbone and started to be really lame like arthritis, and he had a cyst in his foot. And so I could really only like walk trail ride him and do basic tricks. Because he was like 19 at the time. And for Frisians, that's, you know, getting a little older. And uh, at least it was he was so smart. I was like, I need something he mentally challenging for him that we can do that's fun. And that I like too. but we can spend a lot of time together. And it, it's not like me just brushing him and thing. I wanted something really enjoyable and he was just so smart. And I, he unfortunately passed away before I, we just started working on a large canvas, but my, my dream was to have the two horses painting at the same time with me. Um, but we never got to that point. Um, but he, uh, he was just, you know, I just liked it because it, it wasn't physically hard for him. It was more mentally stimulating. And I think horses like You kind of can open up their mind when you do things like trick training and when you do it really well and you do it on things that they really enjoy, they know you're listening to them and then you can kind of tune into their body language and then they know that it's like this back and forth rather than, you know, you just ride the horse, you tell it what to do. They kind of, they're like kind of tune out sometimes. But if you're doing things on the ground, you're doing really unique things that make them think and make them process differently. Then when you're riding them, you can actually problem solve riding problems in a different way, mm-hmm. using voice, using, you know, positive reinforcement and the horse learns faster. Like, like my, my horse Dow, he, he could not do a flying change for, for, I tried it for two years. And then one day he did it by accident when he spooked at something came across diagonal, did this huge flying change and it was beautiful. And I was like, Oh "Oh my God, you know? And so because I'd done all this positive reinforcement, vocal training, I was able to ask him to stop. And I made a big fuss and I gave him a treat and I was like, and he had really no idea what he did, you know, but I turned him right around and recreated the situation. He, and then he did it again. I stopped, rewarded him. And after that he knew how to do flying changes. So it was like, I would have never been able to do that if we hadn't done hours and hours and hours of other type of training. So he, he knew to listen to those things and, and think in a different way. So that, that's why I really like it. It uncovers their intellectual ability as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Beyond painting, you also incorporate a lot of music into what you do. Like, Why do you feel like there has been such a connection between horses
1: and riding and music? Oh, it's just it's so magical. You you know, when you watch a freestyle and the horse and the rider and the beat and you can just tell the horse is really like picking up on it and Mm -hmm. they love it. They really do. I mean, if a horse likes performing and likes music, you can feel them light up a little bit and they'll like kind of go in sync because you're also your body is trying to go in sync as well. And then, you know, when you're in front of an audience, like they know the music, like they learn the routine and you can feel them kind of shift and do all sorts of different things. I found over the years that like it it helps you and the horse get into sync, you know, so you can use the beats per minute and Mm -hmm. different types of songs to really like, um, just, you know, have fun and it lightens your energy because horses really respond to energy. So if you're a very serious rider and you ride to some fun music, your energy's lighter. you're like having good time. Horses react better that way. I think like if you have the childlike energy, um, I found I laugh a lot when I ride because like I feel like that release of tension and like laughing at the horse and like, oh, you're you're so funny. You know, like you when you talk to them, if you talk to them like a a child and you're happy, they can just it's just all happy vibes and happy energy. And then Mm -hmm. they pick up on that. So it's simple little things like that. And the music really helps you do that and costumes. And I think for people who don't know anything about horses, they can tell when a horse is happy and they can tell when the horse likes what it's doing and it has costume and music and you're telling a story, it draws people in. And, you know, someone who has no idea about dressage, they can tell when they watch a horse that is not happy and resistant, even if it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, there's a totally different energy to it. So I really like using that telling a story and performing because you know, people can just understand like the essence of what's going on rather than, you know, just being like a competition freestyle. Like it's a little bit more of like, you're showing off your, your, your strengths and, and not making the horse do things that are hard for the horse. You do right. picking up on what the horse loves to do.
0: Oh, that's so cool for someone who, you know, maybe rides or owns a horse and has like never incorporated um art or you know creativity in this way into their equestrian life, where would you recommend they start?
1: Um, I think what you know, whichever direction they feel drawn to, but I, I feel like most women or you know, you know, men too, but but riders that talk to me, they usually have something that's like almost like a hidden dream, you know, yeah. like I want to, you know, pose with my horse like in a medieval photo shoot or I want to perform at this, this, this show, or I want to do a musical freestyle. I feel like people, they see something and they're like, Oh, I want to do that, you know, Liberty or training or anything like that. And that's, you know, that's the direction they should go in. And, you know, just a little bit in that direction, just try it out a little bit and get a little confidence and just keep playing with it. And there's nothing really wrong. You know, like, I, I think people are always scared to do something wrong. it's more about like, being curious and kind of playing with things because it takes a while to learn things and you know but if you like it and your horse seems to respond really well then then it then it's great. Um there's a lot more online resources now and like you know I love I just play I use Spotify on my phone. I have playlists, you know, I'll have dramatic music that I like sometimes and the other times I listen to the oldies or instrumental or fun or you know whatever your mood is like you can accent your mood and I think just riding to music for daily training is fun to see if the horse likes it. Sometimes you'll feel like a horse likes certain types of music better than others, you know, and if you're a person that likes to draw horses and is artistic anyway, like incorporating it with your horses really is fun because you can, you know, work on your own passion at the same time and come up with different creative ideas. Like, you know, so I think like, most people do have, and if they don't, then, you know, obviously they probably wouldn't necessarily be interested in what I True. do, but yeah. um, I think, uh, I think everyone kind of has that, like the little girl dream, you know, when you're a little, and you're... I always wanted a Friesian. Like I watched Frisians in the movies and I'd ridden, you know, I never rode a Friesian until I sat on my horse and I was like almost 30 years old. So you, you know and that was my dream was to have a friesian and perform with a friesian and that took me on a totally different path than anything else would have so um, you know I, th- I think it's just you got to listen to your intuition sure
0: absolutely what would you say is something you are especially passionate about in the industry that you feel people either don't talk a lot about or don't know enough about
1: yeah i think i think really like encouraging people to have more fun with their horse and and just not feel the pressure to be a certain level or be, you know, prove themselves in a certain way. Like I think a lot of people just want to have a a great relationship with their horse and get the bet. You know, if all you want is that, that deep relationship, you don't have to compete. You don't have to be out there doing, you know, proving yourself. I I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, you just, I feel like people need, that's why I try to be like an example. And I like it when other people are like, oh, you inspired me to do, you know, ride my horse in a freestyle or this or that, or, you know, but, but just for themselves, like not necessarily trying to do it, to force themselves to So I think like having more fun and understanding that horses, horses really want to have fun too. Like they have personalities and they have you know they pick up on your vibes and the, and the world is just so serious and right mm-hmm. now and so stressful that you don't want to add more stress by having like two serious goals when you're riding because i i used to be that way a very type a and i had tons of goals you know i got to get this score and to become this and then i i need to do this and then i i would always like you know i i was just so darn stressed out all the time and my horse mm-hmm. would get stressed out and then once i finally like relaxed and let go and just like was riding for more for fun and confident Then I actually got the scores. I needed, you know what I mean? It's like, a, it's a funny, it's a funny way things happen. You know, when you start to just kind of, uh, let go a little bit and, and let yourself be a little bit more vulnerable. You know, I, I kind of felt, um, my, my Frisian, he, he humbled me all the time. I felt like I never knew what I was doing because he would never react the same way another horse would, but it, mm. but then I was like, okay, I need to think of this in a different way. And I'd come at it in a different way. And so that creativity and thinking outside the box and just knowing that you'll never know everything. I think that that is something that would be nice instead of, you know, trainers feeling like they need to know everything. I mean, you really, you really can't. And then there'll always be a horse that comes along that it's going to give you a problem that you really have no idea what you're doing. So, that's um, so true. you know, I, I think that that that's, what i would say is like i i w- would love to see more you know lighthearted creative fun training not like you know not have it looked down upon and i think i think it is definitely more mainstream now mm-hmm. um, but that that's kind of what i i like to advocate for Yeah, I love that.
0: Well, Sandra, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and um, share your story and how the creative equestrian came to be. I think what you're doing is so unique and so cool and just like, just so individual to you. And it's, it's really, I, I think, inspiring for all of us to, you know, whether, whether another equestrian is, you know, really creative or not. I think everyone can agree that watching horses in this way through creativity is just so fun and so enjoyable. And I think definitely like instills the, the root of why we all get into horses in the beginning, right. Which is just like the love for the horses and being able to celebrate that. So I think this is just like such a cool way to celebrate horses and, and your relationship
1: with them. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: Well, thank you so much again, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. All right, that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast, and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you
1: next week.